There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high quality meat cooked at home because let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high quality, grass fed and grass finished beef, organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips, for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I got a question for you. What type of person are you? Are you more of a saver or do you love a good splurge? I'm honestly a huge fan of saving money, of course, but when we travel, oh man, do I love a good splurge. And I don't feel bad about it, and I don't think you should either. If you love to travel as we do, this episode is for you. You're going to walk away with some great and practical tips to help you manage that save versus splurge debate on your next trip. And if Iceland happens to be on your adventure travel checklist, our guest and fellow CFP badass, Bobby Rebel just got back from Iceland and she will be our travel guide for this entire episode. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money and today we're talking save versus splurge travel tips in Iceland with Bobby Rebel. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. I love it when I get to do a podcast episode with a CFP that I admire and really someone who I think is bringing a lot of great information about managing money 
to their audience, to the masses. I feel like there aren't enough people out there that are really bringing like solid, reliable money information and stories because I feel that's really where money starts to be super impactful is when we share stories, when I share my story, when you share your stories, when we hear stories from lots of different people. And Bobby and I, we met each other through a friend. In fact, I was trying to remember when I was writing the opening to this episode, how exactly we met. And it's a little bit fuzzy in my head. I find there's a lot of people in my world where it's like we've developed this super awesome connection, but I don't remember exactly how that happened. (laughs) But Bobby has become one of my great friends. She's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. But we share this love for helping people get in a better relationship with their money and providing as much information and tips that we really feel people need to know about money and trying to do it in a fun way. Hopefully, we're doing it in a fun way, in a way where you feel engaged and excited and motivated to actually deal with your money. I'm hoping, though, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, that that is certainly something that you know, you're working towards or that you you like, you actually like learning about your money. So it uh, makes it fun for me to come back here every week and continually find ways to bring you new content, to bring you new stories. It's funny, I was interviewed this weekend, somebody asked me, how in the world have you come up with uh, topic ideas for 400 plus episodes? And I don't really know. I think that's what is a powerful... I guess, reason why I'm a podcast host, because for some reason, these show ideas just seem to drop into my lap, whether it's an article or somebody reaches out to me like Bobby did, or I just have this spark of an idea. In fact, some weeks I have it all planned out of what I'm going to podcast about, and then I'll go to record that podcast and some other idea will just drop in my head. And I'm like, wait a minute, I got to do this idea. And I don't even know why, but for some reason, I I feel compelled to, to change things up. So it's a little crazy over here when we're coming up with our podcast calendar because I have this sort of notorious reputation of <laughs> changing things up last minute, which is very, very frustrating for people who are trying to plan around that. But you know, say la vie, right? That's the way it goes. So Bobby herself is a podcaster. She has an amazing podcast called Financial Grown Up that she launched this year. And she has an equally amazing book that was the inspiration for her podcast called How to Be a Financial Grown Up, Proven Advice from High Achievers on How to Live Your Dreams and Have Financial Freedom. I mean, hello, we all want that, right? I'm still learning how to do that. I, I love that idea of financial freedom. I, I don't know what that means to you, but to me, it means more than just not having to work. To me, it means having the right mindset around money and just really having this ease around money and around your career and around your lifestyle and you know, chasing after all those things that you feel really called to do. So It was just an amazing book, and I'm even featured in the book. It's not a plug for me, but (laughs) there is a little uh, Shauna Game information in there. And I've been a guest on her show, A Financial Grown-Up. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check out that episode. I talk a lot about the dirty, (laughs) nasty part in my financial journey when I got divorced, a lot that I've already shared on this podcast, but I go in a little bit more detail of 
how hard that time period was for me and really how I had to put all of my financial lessons to work and, you know, the shame and guilt and all that other kind of crap that came along with that. So I go a little bit more in detail on that. But Bobby reached out to me. She went on this amazing trip to Iceland, which if you are a travel junkie like myself, like my husband Jeff, you know that Iceland is the hip spot right now. It's talked about everywhere, on every blog, on every site. There's an airline that has popped up called Wow Airlines, and they're super low-cost flights to Reykjavik and to Iceland. Just be careful if you do book a Wow Airline flight, know that the price you see doesn't necessarily include your bag, doesn't include your seat. So be sure and take that into consideration when you're looking at those prices. But Iceland is just turned into this travel destination where people want to go. They want to go experience it. They want to go experience the different adventures. They just want to hang out in a city that for some reason has this this hype around it. And when Bobby reached out to me, I was really excited to do this episode because just that morning I had got emailed a question from a Millennial Money listener, Tim, who wanted me to share on a podcast episode some good save versus splurge travel tips. So I thought, well, why not combine the two? Why not learn a little bit about Iceland, have Bobby be our amazing travel guide for this episode, and also talk about, okay, how do two CFPs do the save versus splurge thing? How do we manage that? We're pretty much known as type A personalities, and I would imagine that most CFPs are pretty good on that save side, but the splurge side is where, you know, some people have a little tough time like loosening up the purse strings. Not myself. I'm I'm probably too much of a pro on the splurge side. But, you know, it's it's fun. You gotta you gotta have fun in life. You gotta do some things where you look back and go, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have spent that much money, but I had amazing experience. And so who the heck cares? So you're going to want to be sure and check out the show notes for all of Bobby's info, the link to the podcast episode that I was on with her, and a few really sneaky tips that we mention in the podcast, a few things that Bobby talks about that even I didn't know about her trip that certainly surprised me. So this is an episode that you are going to want to bookmark and come back to before your next amazing trip. So Bobby, it is so great to have you back on the podcast. And this time we're talking about one of my absolute favorite subjects, travel. So great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. It is something that has not been a favorite thing of mine, which we can talk about, but I'm excited about getting back into travel. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, f- I find like most people either have a love or hate it relationship when it comes to travel. And there's obviously stuff that I love. I mean, I love more things than I hate. I hate the whole airport experience is just a hassle every single time. I think I LAX is like the worst airport ever, in my opinion. So uh, I'm from New York. We can talk <laughs> about LaGuardia. <laughs> we could probably trade back and forth, right? We, we'll call it a time. Oh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I find like most people either are like so excited, enthused to travel or other people are just like, ah, you know, if I travel great, if I don't, fine, you know, not that big of a deal. You recently traveled to Iceland, which I'm a bit jealous about. It's this, you know, hip destination. I so want to go. You know, you you talked to me kind of off recording about how this maybe wasn't a place that you would 
typically pick to go on vacation? I'd love to know, like, how did you come up with Iceland? So I had zero interest in going on any kind of adventure travel. And Iceland is definitely an outdoorsy adventure adventure travel kind of place. And this came about, Shauna, because I have an 11-year-old who has not really traveled outside the country except going to locations where we just went as a family to a resort, like an all-inclusive resort. So it wasn't really travel and seeing the world. You were just having a vacation. And he was really proactively saying that he wanted to go to new places and explore the world. And I had promised him that when he came back from his seven-week sleepaway camp, that we would go somewhere international. Now, many of my friends are taking kids to places, let's say in Europe, to Italy, to Greece, and so on, or maybe to France. And for my child at 11, I felt he wasn't really ready and wouldn't necessarily appreciate going to a lot of the locations that you would go to in those places. If you go to France, for example, you might stop at the Louvre. For my child, that's not something that he would be very interested in. And I know when I went there, even as a teenager on a high school trip, which seems ridiculous now that that was a high school trip. But anyway, um, we were quite adventurous in that we were dropped up at the Louvre, told to be there three hours later and for meeting up to leave. And we promptly left the Louvre and were gallivanting around Paris. So we had no interest. So I had memories of that. So I kind of said, I got to find a better solution. <laughs> so of course, I went and crowdsourced and asked tons of people different locations. And my brother, who is a little bit younger than me, had apparently, I didn't even know this, Shauna, but he had gone to Iceland a few years ago and had had a wonderful time. And he started telling me about it. And I realized that this might be just the place because it was, first of all, out of the United States. And it was something where it would be a unique experience, things that my son had never seen before. And would be an active family vacation. And so I started learning more about it. I didn't really know it was a hip location, as you said. I'm not a trendy person at all. But when we looked at it, it seemed like a great place. So that's why we picked Iceland. Yeah. And I'm super curious, you know, obviously, when I think about Iceland, I think about, you know, freezing cold weather. I know that you you went yeah. in the summer. So what was the weather like? We went in August. That's really, it was cold, <laughs> Shauna. It was so cold. And here's the crazy thing. We went there and everyone kept telling us that we had the best weather of the entire summer. It was 50 degrees, raw feeling, yes. you know that raw feeling. And we did have sun, I would say of the f- four days we were on the ground, four and a half days we were on the ground. We had sun maybe three of the days. It really only rained for one day. And when it rains in Iceland, it rains very sporadically. The natives will tell you if you don't like the weather, don't worry, it will change in five minutes. And they're absolutely correct. It's crazy there. It's constantly changing. So we had great weather for Iceland. That basically meant 50s raw, cold, and often on rain. Wow. So did you do a lot of research before you went? Like, I'm a crazy research travel person. I'm always trying to find, like, the best places to go eat or the best activities. Did you do all that? Or did you just kind of be a little bit more spontaneous when you got there? We did not. I did not want to do spontaneous because, and we'll talk about why we were only there for four days in a few minutes, but we only had a few days there. It's a very expensive place, so I didn't want to get on the ground and waste time. I had done that in London the previous summer with my husband and made mistakes, some missteps of restaurants. Maybe had I researched better, we would would have been at different ones. So I really wanted to have it well-planned. I wanted things to be very organized for my son because this was his first experience. And there were specific things that we did want to do that I had researched. For example, we really wanted to do a four-wheel drive adventure into the volcano that had exploded in, I don't know if you remember, in 2010, a lot of air travel was suspended because of this big volcano in Iceland. Yes. That was exploding. Right. So we wanted to go on this 
big adventure into the volcano, So, which was awesome. So there were specific things, and you have to be organized in order to do that. We also have been told to go to a place called the Blue Lagoon, and that requires tickets and coordination of travel. So it wasn't the kind of place, given that we only had this short time frame, that we could be spontaneous. So we were well-planned. I actually did something that I've never done, and I never thought I would do, but I did engage a travel advisor, not so much an agent, but an advisor who I paid almost like a fee-only financial planner. I paid a flat fee for this advisor to help coordinate the trip. I mean, he did do the legwork as well, but that was something that was a big splurge that I had never done, but I just did not have the time to do the kind of research that I wanted to do. And this was a way to shortcut it. That's super interesting. I've never heard of a travel advisor before. Like what are the main differences between a travel agent, travel advisor? The main difference is how they're paid. They will book just a hotel for you and they will get a commission and not charge you. But if they're going to book the entire trip and research where you're going and and restaurants, whatever you want, all, all the different tour guides, different things, they will charge a flat fee, but then they're not getting commission. Or they'll, if you ask them, they're happy to disclose if they happen to be getting a commission. But basically, that way, I felt more secure that they weren't pushing me into certain activities only because they had certain relationships. Obviously, relationships are always a factor, but I felt more secure in doing that because I felt that they were they were earning their money for me. They were on my side, and I wouldn't be pushed into something that didn't make sense for what we wanted. Interesting. So how did you how did you find this person? So I found well, the company is called Ovation Travel. We can put it in your show notes. And I found it actually through a website called Fathom, F-A-T-H-O-M. And they work for them and they coordinate the trips. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I've I've actually never heard of that. So I think that's awesome. And I hadn't really either, but I, I just like the idea of not working with somebody that was purely on commission. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes total total sense. I mean, it's, it's your money and you want to see where it's going. And-, and also knowing what my cost to them was. And I felt better knowing that they were paid because I am an advocate for people being paid appropriately. I think you should always be wary of people that quote you for a job that just seems a little too good to be true. <laughs> yes. Ex- right? Exclamation mark on that one. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I love when you you contacted me about about doing this podcast episode together because I think the message of, you know, save versus splurge is such a great one. And, you know, it's obviously like this term that we hear a lot about, but when it comes to travel, I think people are a little like not sure, well, what should I splurge on? What what should I save? You know, you and I are both obviously CFPs, and so our inclination is just to save everywhere we can. And it's important to splurge too. So I know that's probably like the harder bit for you. So I'd love to hear a little bit about like your splurges and, you know, your your attitude towards splurging. Well, as the listeners of, of my relatively new podcast, Financial Grown Up, which you've been a guest on, know, I do have a lot of issues with money and do have trouble sometimes being a grown up and allowing myself to spend money and not function as a college kid who's watching every penny, which it's not every college kid has to, whatever, you know, whatever your thing is. I'm not saying that's always true. But when I was in college, I remember traveling and literally staying in youth hostels in Europe and watching every penny and to understand that it's okay to travel like a grown up a little bit. And you don't have to only choose your hotel based on price. You can also put into consideration other factors like their location. So we did, we made, I I had the original quote from this travel advisor was very high. And I kind of said, whoa, we can't do that. So there were a lot of changes and they were terrific, by the way. There were a lot of changes that we made. Now, one thing that I decided early on, once I started researching Iceland, I realized it's extremely expensive. Airfare is not so expensive, but it is extremely expensive. So number one, if you're looking for a bargain place to go, just honestly, if you're really on a tight budget, just there's other places. It's just, it just is what it is. There's only so much you can do. 
But we did decide to shorten the trip. And that's kind of the easiest way to save money. Because if you go for four nights instead of six, well, boom, you've saved a third of the cost in many ways because you've saved the hotel, you've saved all those meals, and you're going to do a little less. But the truth is, depending on the place, and in this case, Iceland, four days, you get a lot. And my brother had been there, as I said, and I spoke to a number of people once we targeted Iceland, and you could do a lot in four days. It was kind of four days or you were going to tour the whole country, and then you really want a week and a half if you're going to go around the whole island. So I felt comfortable with four days, but that's a compromise, and that's going to cut a lot of the cost and allow us to spend more money on the days that we are there. So that was one thing that we did. We also were kind of boxed in between, as I mentioned, my son was coming back from camp. So we we were already into August, which is a good month for Iceland, but I had to get my husband away from work. So that's challenging. The best time for that was around Labor Day weekend. But again, that gets pricey because that's a peak time to travel. So by moving back just one day, in terms of when we left and when we came back, we came back on the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. That cut hundreds off of our airfare. That's a great tip for traveling around holidays and things like that, just to think about it a little bit differently and maybe find those days where people aren't traveling. I just got to ask, have you jumped on the bandwagon yet of audiobooks? Seriously, I am a huge fan of audiobooks because I can listen to them no matter where I'm at. Plus, I think just listening to a book is a great way to binge content you love while you're also doing other things that you love. And there's something about listening to a book. It just, it brings the story to life. This weekend, I listened to one of my favorite new books, Born a Crime, from The Daily Show's Trevor Noah. Have you listened to this yet? It is so good. With Audible, you can listen to more books by switching seamlessly between devices and then just picking up where you left off. So I don't even have to remember any page numbers, which is so amazing. And Audible members get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of price, and unused credits, they just roll over to the next month. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to check out Audible yourself and join me on a one book a month quest. This has been my entire motivation for 2018 and you still got time to jump in with me. Audible is offering Millennium Money listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash mymoney and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. You can download a title for free and start listening right now. Go to audible.com slash mymoney, or you can text mymoney to 500-500 to get started today. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay-as-you-work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. 
Talkin' Money Under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news, well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time consuming. I tried all of the apps. But I just didn't find one I liked until I found Monarch. And I've got to tell you a secret. Monarch is so easy to use with a very intuitive design. You can even collaborate with your partner and you can customize Monarch for whatever your needs are. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Let's go back to the collaboration bit. Because we know money is a leading cause of divorce and breakups, Monarch has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. You can see all your finances, make a budget together, get insights on your cash. Yes, cue the confetti. There will literally not be any more arguments over money. And if you've been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, or rarely updated, so was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch has a tool that allows you as well to easily import your data from Mint. You can keep all of your tags and all of your categories. After trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. We also got more options and less expensive options for the hotel just to shift that one day. Now it was a little bit tighter because we were moving my stepson into his college dorm the day before. So I had originally wanted to have two days buffer. So we had to adjust and just go a little bit earlier, but the savings was pretty big. Yeah, that uh, that's such a great tip. I mean, I think really if you can just think about travel, especially around the holidays, uh, a little bit differently and, and be open to adjusting one way or another, because you're right. I mean, not only can it save you money, but then you can maybe have potentially lots of different hotel options or even activities options. There's there's lots of change that can happen. Exactly. Everything is less crowded. 
We also made sure to stay in hotels when possible that we had affiliations with. So, for example, we stayed at the Hilton in Reykjavik. And because of that, we were able to get free breakfast. And we also were able to get a room upgrade. So we had a room where we had basically it was a room with a wall in between. So there were really two rooms. I would call it a one bedroom suite. So my son had his own bedroom, even though it was a pull-out couch. That's fine. He's 11. But that was really nice. And you get that bump up very often when you're off peak. Again, we're slightly off peak. And then also in a hotel where you already have status, membership status. So it's always great to look for that. And the free breakfast. I mean, people always like, I always ask for free breakfast because it's, I mean, it's a lot of money, you know, and especially if there's more than two of you, it starts to seriously add up. Meals are a big thing. And meals are something that is very personal. My family is not a foodie family. We eat relatively healthy, but we do not need to go to the top restaurant in the city that we're visiting and especially with my 11-year-old. So I also thought a lot about the meals. For example, we did splurge on this one-day trip, which we'll talk about later, uh, the four-wheel drive to the volcano. They had originally proposed a barbecue in the wilderness that was going to be, it was just, it's just so mortifying. I can't even tell you. I'm not even going to tell you the number. It's more than if you went to the fanciest (laughs) restaurant in New York City per person. It's just crazy money. And I said, that's crazy money. So they said, well, there's nothing else to eat in the wilderness. So what are you going to eat? And I said, we'll bring power bars. You know what? We brought power bars and it was fine. We sat at a picnic table in this Iceland park and we ate our power bars and our guide brought a sandwich. It was great. And by the way, we could have stopped. There are plenty of bakeries and sandwich shops. You could pick up a sandwich, that kind of thing. So very often these travel companies, and by the way, if you're a foodie and you're into it, they will make you an elaborate, fantastic meal in the woods. And it can be great if you, if that's your thing. But for us, that was not where we wanted to spend our money. So we literally in the States brought power bars with us to Iceland so that we wouldn't have to sit. And we also didn't want to spend huge amounts of time and have these elaborate and overpriced, in my mind, meals. So that was a big, big savings. I can see the visual of the three of you sitting there eating your power bars in Iceland. (laughs) We were so happy. And trail mix. We had all kinds of snacks. It was totally fun. And we even brought uh, water bottles, whatever, you know, recyclable water bottles. So we were good. The water in Iceland is really good, by the way. Very fresh from the volcano. That's good to know. So I would imagine then you probably... splurged most of your money on these activities. Is there anything else like super cool you did? Yes. Uh, So we did the four-wheel drive to the volcano. We also went to quite a few waterfalls when you could go under. They were just so cool. We also went to this outdoor spa called the Blue Lagoon. I have mixed feelings about that. I think that is a classic example of a tourist place that you, I can't say I fully regret it because if I had not gone I would have not gone to the Blue Lagoon and everybody goes to the Blue Lagoon when they go to Iceland. But meh. Really? It really wasn't that. Uh, it was so expensive and we were talked into the better package. Not that much more. It was 20 bucks more to have a robe and the slippers and this and that. And it was meh. It was, it just wasn't our thing to be in this giant hot tub with hundreds of tourists. <laughs> okay. Yes. When you, when you put it that way, <laughs> it wasn't our thing. But I don't know that it's a mistake because if we didn't go, we would have said, what if we went? I would advise people, if you go to Iceland, my friends, go to a high-end spa in Reykjavik. You're probably going to have a better experience with an outdoor um, 
bath, whatever they're called. Hot springs. Yeah. Go to, because this is, trust me, it'll be less than the Blue Lagoon. Well, and I think that's another great point is you also have to like know yourself, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about following, you know, the status quo, whenever you travel someplace, it's like, well, is this really something that we want to do before we go ahead and spend the money doing it? Exactly. So the first version of the trip that this travel advisor gave me had us doing some activities that I knew were not right for my family. For example, it had a a horseback riding. We do not, we're not horse people. They're beautiful animals, but we're not horse people. They also had us doing a whale watching tour. And for us, three hours on the water. And and by the way, we talk to people, you don't always see the whales. And remember, the odds are it's storming rain and it's like horizontal rain, freezing cold in your face while this is happening for three hours, hoping to see a whale through the fog. That wasn't our thing either. So we didn't do whale watching. So there's, you have to know your family and what you're going to be into. We loved the waterfalls. We loved the four wheel drive. We really enjoyed the city of Reykjavik. We loved walking around. We also went to the Harpa, which is kind of like now I'm in New York. I'm going to say the Lincoln Center, but it's a performing arts center. We went to two different shows there, which were really fun. So we enjoyed that as well. And by the way, we didn't talk about dinner. So for dinner with kids, when you travel, what worked for us is just walking the streets. We found regular restaurants, kind of like pubs, and had really fun meals there. We had a lot of fish and chips and things like that. The hors d'oeuvres at a bar were just fine. They were really fun. And it was nice because there were more local people there on the side streets. They were kind of side street restaurants, not on the main drag. And that was fine, too. And it was quick and easy because we, we just, like I said, for us, we are not foodies and certainly not when we're traveling with our 11-year-old. So that was a great savings too, to not be in the tourist restaurants on the main drag. That's such a good point. What about some of the other saves? Are there any like tricks that you that you have up your sleeve for how you save some money? So one that I should have known and I caught on to in time, thankfully, because this would have been very embarrassing as a money expert, Shauna, was <laughs> that there are just like in New York and I'm sure in L.A., there are coupon books. So we went, for example, to see the Whales of Iceland exhibit, which is very good for my son. He enjoyed it, but it was hugely overpriced. I think it cost us 80 bucks to get in for three of us. It was crazy. He wanted to see that. And we got there and thankfully the person at the desk asked us if we had a coupon and we did not, but I was able to scramble one online. But there are tor- there are books of coupons that you can get around town or at the tourist information center that have these 20, 25% off discounts for many tourist attractions. And that's a gimme. I should have known that because most cities have those. And I don't know what I was thinking that I didn't go pick that up early on, but that's something everyone should get in their city. And also if you're shopping and we didn't buy that many big things, but we did buy a couple of sweaters because Iceland has these cool sweaters. And when you do that, if you spend a certain amount of money, really anywhere in Europe, I believe you should get the receipts so that when you go to the airport, you can get your VAT tax refunded. So that's taking the time to do it. We did get a nice bit of money back from that. So that's something. And also um, along the tourist stuff, there are a lot of free walking tours. So in Iceland, if you just go to the big church there, outside there, there's a lot of free walking tours. We weren't able to time it to go on one of them, but there are so many wonderful free walking tours in cities like Reykjavik that you can take advantage of just by showing up. Sometimes you have to make a reservation, but they're absolutely worth going to because I think you appreciate the city a little bit more if you get a lay of the land. Yeah, absolutely. And you get a feel for how local people live and you know what the neighborhoods are like and all, all of those sorts of things. So obviously you described the weather. Did you guys have to buy any like special clothing gear or anything to prep for the trip? 
Oh my gosh, Shauna. So, okay. So I am in my forties. <laughs> I have never had to own rain pants. I had to buy rain pants because first of all, it's raining all the time. You don't want to sit in the wet, but also we, we were traveling in places where you would get wet. You're walking among these waterfalls. So we had rain gear head to toe, ridiculous looking. My, I look like the Michelin tire man because also <laughs> I'm wearing, you just have to get over. You're just, it's not a pretty trip. If anyone likes to look pretty on vacation, not the right place. So I had layers. I had like long underwear, then I had sweatpants, then I had jeans, and then I had the rain pants. So I had four layers on. And it's August, remember. So it was a lot. But yeah, we had rain gear head to toe. But don't bring umbrellas because they'll just be snapped away in the rain. There's no point to an umbrella. So you just have to completely deck yourself out in rain gear. You need to buy the rain pants. Just get over it. Yep. Oh, and and gloves. You need to bring gloves that are sort of appropriate for mountain climbing because you're kind of climbing mountains mountains too, hiking and climbing mountains. It's not a delicate trip. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning this. <laughs> I'm definitely going to need that spa visit, uh, you know, to, to kind of a different spa though, not the blue lagoon. That is right. A different spa to, a different to spa. relax and, uh, be able to remove all my, my wet gear. I love it. Uh, well, I'd love to know, you know, as we're just kind of wrapping up, like there are obviously like so many great tips that you gave that could be used anywhere you travel. You know, you talk about the coupon book. I mean, you know, that's something I forget often because I think in Europe, that's something that you do. But in the US, you're like coupon book. I wouldn't think of a coupon book, but things like that, you know, they they at least start jogging your brain. So, you know, thinking back on this trip, is there anything that stands out to you as maybe like lessons you learned or some of the best things that you learned about yourself from this trip? I think we've gone through some of them, but I think it's important to just pay attention to everything and enjoy the trip. Once you've planned it, you really should be in the moment and not worrying about the money. I mean, you should watch your money, of course, as you go along. Don't be frivolous with it. But so we splurged on this tour guide for the two middle days in the wilderness. And when I first saw the price, which I mean, I'm not even going to tell everyone the price because it was so mortifying to me. But again, we were saving a lot of other places. You have to just detach from that and just enjoy it and remember that you're there to enjoy it and just forget that you, you've, you've already, you know, it's sort of a done deal and move forward. And that was something that I really had to come to terms with, that once you're there, focus on, the, be in the moment and get over the money. Yeah. If Once you've made that decision to spend a, a, what for you, whatever is a big number for you in your mind, enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's such a great tip because I think, you know, particularly if you're probably somebody listening like us that's maybe a little bit type A and, uh, you know, pays attention to the numbers. I mean, I have to admit that sometimes when I travel, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to look at the, you know, obviously I check to make sure all the charges are correct, but I am not going to fixate on whatever we spent or if we spent a little too much on a dinner or we decided to do something a little bit spontaneous because that's what the vacation or the trip is there for is to have these experiences. So when I get home, I'll deal with it. But, you know, um, not to just kind of, you know, be filled with anxiety at the thought of, well, maybe we're spending a little bit more than than we should. Exactly. And, you know, little procedural things. I mean, just know the customs of the country that you're in. For example, in most of Europe and in Iceland, the tip is already included in the check. Also know when you're in Europe, but in a place where there's euros and a local currency. So in Iceland, there's the krona and the euro. Be aware of what currency they're talking about. And also know, in our case, the krona was a better deal. If they ask you which one you would like to pay in, know the right answer in advance. So that's a question of asking someone or doing the math yourself. We had learned in advance it's better to pay in krona than in euros. 
And that's another thing. When my trip was originally quoted to me, it was in euros, not dollars. So it's important to know that if you are traveling to a country, make sure that the quote you get is in dollars or that you convert it to dollars or wherever you're coming from. If you, I know you might have some international, international listeners as well. Ooh, that is such a great tip. I love that one. So you are one of my fellow favorite podcasters. You started your podcast, Financial Grown Up, this year. Uh, and I, I love listening. And you were one of my first guests. I love it. Yes. And I love listening to all your episodes. I'll make sure and link to the episode that I did on your podcast in the show notes so people can check that out as well. But tell me a little bit about the podcast and where people can find you. So the podcast has been a labor of love. I never thought I would enjoy it as much as I do. I really feel like I found my calling. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I loved being a broadcast journalist. My background is working for places like Reuters and CNBC and CNN, interviewing a lot of CEOs and economists about the Fed and earnings. And this is really something that has been so wonderful to me because on Financial Grown Up, we really talk about the human side of money and we get unique stories in almost every case they've never been heard elsewhere, sharing a money experience that had meaning to the guest. And they share their lessons and their perspectives and the takeaways for our listeners. I also push people to do everyday money tips, which are often really fun, sometimes super quirky as well, which has been really interesting to see the kinds of things people come up with. And all wrapped up in only about 15 minutes. So in addition to the great Shauna Game. We have had everyone from Kevin O'Leary, David Bach, Gene Chatsky, Perez Hilton. Uh, I just so many amazing, amazing guests come on. Randy Zuckerberg was on. We have an incredible lineup for the fall. So I've been having a great time. You can find the Financial Grown Up podcast everywhere podcasts are. My website, which can also get you to the podcast, is bobbyrebell.com, B-O-B-B-I-R-E-B-E-L-L.com. On social media, on Twitter, I am at Bobby Rebel. On Instagram, I am at Bobby Rebel one So that's the number one after Bobby Rebel. And on Facebook, Bobby Rebel is my professional author slash podcast page because I have a book too called How to Be a Financial Grown-Up that is coming on a paperback this fall. So that's exciting. And that's about it. Yeah, come to my, come to my website, sign up for my newsletter. We're going to get that going in the fall as well. Newsletter's been sporadic. We can't do everything well, right? I'm working on it. It's a process. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Millennial Money. I'll be back on Friday with a fresh episode for you to check out. But in the meantime, if you love this episode and you found value in the content we share with you, I totally appreciate it. If you do me a favor, head on over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. I promise to be your BFF for life. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.